0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I'm your host, Frank LaRosa, and I am really pleased to have a special guest with us today. I know it's going to be educational. I know everyone will enjoy the conversation that we're about to have. But today, I'm bringing on one of my regional market directors down in our Boca area, Bill Walsh. Bill, how are you doing?
1: Very good, Frank. Thank you.
0: Welcome to the show. Welcome to our company, our family Elite Consulting Partners. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because you have a lot of experience, more experience than I do. And I think that our listeners will be interested in just our general discussion. So before we start, maybe you can get into just a little bit of a background. So where you came from, what your position was before, how'd you get there, and and what's been your experience working with financial advisors? Because you have a tremendous amount of history working with advisors. So maybe just give us some background there.
1: So that's a, way, a different way of calling me
0: old, right? That's a that's good start. Good start. Well, we're, I think <laughs> we're about the same age. You just have more gray, gray hair than you do. And yes. for the record, I don't use like penny hair. <laughs> Everybody always asks my wife, does your your husband use like men's hair coloring stuff? And she's like, no.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate that. Now I also want to start out by saying thank you. I mean, it's great to be, and you know, this is we've had these conversations, it's great being a part of the team that, really appreciates what you're doing and see that it's very rare in any industry. So but we really do appreciate that.
0: A pleasure. Thank um, you.
1: So yeah, I've been in the industry on the distribution side for about 33 years. I started out wholesaling. I actually started out at Merrill Lynch for about a year in their transfer department and then realized that sitting behind a desk in front of a computer wasn't my cup of tea. So I ended up meeting a, up with a friend of mine that had been at and that's where i started my career I spent the past 33 years on the distribution side and that's what makes this so interesting is you know i mentioned this in my linkedin post that after 33 years of being on the distribution side sitting on the other side of the desk of, of the advisor now i'm sitting on the same side of the desk helping them with one of their biggest not just their biggest career decision but biggest life decision because this affects them it affects their family it affects everything going forward so i just I spent the past 16 years or so from about 2005 on owning my own business and then managing and coaching executives. So, you know, wholesalers. So, you know, I feel like this position at Elite is a combination of those two, owning your own business and then also helping to consult with the financial advisors, helping them coach them through, again, a a very
0: difficult decision. Right. You bring definitely a Really cool skill set to the plate. You know, I'm curious about let's talk a a little bit about your old space, right? Mm -hmm. Because when I was a manager and a producer for that matter, like when I was a producer, I had my sort of five wholesaler friends, not friends, well, they were friends, they turned into friends, right? But my five partners, I used to really call them, that I did all my business with. And they helped fund my growth. They helped me with seminars, they helped me with ideas and coaching and and all those things. And I used to say to someone new that would walk in the door, like you have to unseat these five champions, right? Like, right. you know, <laughs> in order for me to bring you in, you gotta be better than, you know, Greg Shanahan or somebody like yeah, that, right? Sure. Or Kevin Frank uh, yeah. or Todd Mills, right? Those are coincidentally two guys that actually work for the firm also. But, you know, the industry has changed. I mean, even before COVID where it was, you know, where now you, you sort of wholesalers can't even go into offices, I find that the really good wholesalers are having a tough time with this because they're trying to do the right thing for their, for their advisor clients with one hand tied behind their back because they're not yes. allowed to go meet with them. They're not allowed <coughs> to have lunches and all those things. But did you see that coming? Do you see the industry changing? And where do you see that part of the business in terms of wholesalers and the, the economics of things changing? And that mm-hmm. career as a whole changing So if I'm a wholesaler out there today and listening to this, what is that message? Where do you see? 33 years is a long time. And technically, yeah. not that I'm calling you old, but you <laughs> have a few more years in business that, that I do. So six to be exact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting? Anyway, that's an interesting thing because a lot of advisors rely on the wholesaler Again, as a manager, I did the same thing. So right. the good wholesalers that would come in the office, they would say, well, what can I do for you? I said, listen, all I need you to do is take care of my guys. right? Sure. And if they need stuff, and if you can help them grow their businesses, that's doing for me. You don't need to take me to dinner. You don't need to, yeah. I don't need to go to a ball game. I don't need any, any of that crap. Help yeah. my guys grow their businesses. right? And so yeah. I, I feel like there's going to be a gap here in losing that support. Well, how do you see that developing? So I think the whole dynamic of wholesaling is going to change a little bit. I think the
1: the concept of wholesaling is going to be there. It's just the way they do it. I mean, we were expected to do you know 30 appointments a week at a minimum and on up, and that was being out in the field, no office days, things like that. So I think the wholesaling is going to continue just in a different format. You're going to see more of this, more Zoom, more digital, more virtual type things going on. I think eventually we're going to be able to get back out in the field. On the wholesale side, but I think that what the firms have seen is how much money they can save by not spending all that money going out every day and breakfast, lunch, dinners all the time. And I think it's it helps the wholesalers really narrow down who their top five people are, who their top 50 people are, whoever as many as they want to keep in their A list and do some of the things for them. You know, you can always be on a, a Zoom call or a WebEx call and get your story across, but then again, reinforcing that through a visit. I think the the percentage of time out in the field is definitely going to change. And you know, and I think that was, we've heard firms, insurance company, annuity companies say, we will never go to digital, we'll never go virtual. And then after the pandemic, it's like maybe about 70% virtual and now 30% out in the field. So right. it, I think that's really going to be a big change.
0: But I think that's going to really hurt the financial advisors, I think it's going to hurt some of their growth, Mm -hmm. especially maybe some of the younger folks. Right. Because, you know, some of the best conversations that I've had, even when I was, when I was an advisor is when, when a wholesaler was in the office and they happened to be there, whether they were doing a meeting or whatever, and they came by my office, right. Mm -hmm. Talking about something. I don't know if I would have been as engaged if they said, Hey, can you jump on a zoom call tomorrow? Right. I would yes. have been like, no, I'm busy. Yeah, And so I think that it's a shame because I, I see that happening and I see right. that in the really good wholesalers that were the people, persons, people, people, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that, <laughs> you know, that did well. Because yeah. I think that all in all, most of the products, and I know that depending on the product your people are selling, they'll, they'll differ, but most right. of the products are more or less the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're all pretty good. There's nothing... Yeah. The more popular ones. Yes. What makes a difference is the relationship that the advisor has with someone like yourself or or Kevin, who's our head of business development, you know, who you, you know, that's how you got here. He was head of he was a Lincoln insurance rep right. for a long time. But so I think that that relationship is going to be in jeopardy because it's going to be much harder for you to do that. I mean, Merrill Lynch won't even, they're not even right. allowed to work with wholesalers right. anymore. So Look, I think that's a great message for us because we are we are here open arms for guys like you and and right. Len Murtha, who we did a call with, and Don O'Fee, Scott Bro up in Boston, Thomas Marks in Atlanta, right? So we've been fortunate to have you and a bunch of other guys come on board that are seeing that. So maybe just let me get into that for a second. When you made the decision, so you were a divisional director for Lincoln, right? Correct. Correct. Right, so you yeah. are a divisional director for Lincoln. So you are, you're a big time, um, <laughs> like every position out there, it's temporary, no matter what, unless you own your own business, then it's permanent. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about two things. You, you said something about coaching. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little more about that? And what, what were you doing on the coaching side? And how is that attributable to today with what you're doing with, with financial advisors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I had a, a team of anywhere from 10 to 13 wholesalers at a time. And each of them did certain things very well. There were some that may have been falling behind with respect to sales or, you know, whatever it might have been. So I spend most of my time on the divisional side, coaching and mentoring and leading and trying to get these guys up to a point where they feel comfortable. We did a lot of things called like, we did pillars. So the pillars were Give me three things that you want to work on, and then every week we'd have, and they're really called accountability pillars. So they have to be accountable to these three things they want to focus on on a weekly basis. If they hit them over a certain number of weeks, they become habit. So once we if that becomes a habit, you move on because it's always going to be there, and you add another one. So you know things like that, and being able to to just help them, not so much tell them exactly what they what they did wrong or what they did right, but just ask them more questions. You know, how do you think that meeting went with the advisor? What do you think you could have done better? If you were the advisor, how do you think it would have gone? So that's a lot better than the way of finding out what's in their head than just sitting there saying, you know, you did this wrong. You did this right. You nailed this. You really missed it on this one. And I think the transition going into and talking to advisors now on this side of the desk it's really the same thing. It's asking them more questions. I mean, it, it, there's nothing that we could really sit there and tell them about their business. It's asking questions, trying to probe as much information out of them. But again, being able to say, Hey, I'm on the same side of the best as you helping you. This is not, I'm not trying to sell you something and I'm not in competition with other firms out there. I just want to help you make the best decision. So, Being there from the initial call all the way up and and even after they are transitioned to their firm, being a resource to them, I think that's going to be key. And I think the, you know, the one point that you brought up with respect to the wholesaling and not being able to be out there in the field. And the one thing that really kills is a lot of relationships, which has been the kind of the cornerstone of wholesaling. If you didn't have the relationships, even if you had the best product, they may not have done your uh, done your product. You may may have had a great relationship with an inferior product, you're going to get some of that business. So if you are there with that advisor helping them, giving them information being a sounding board as a wholesaler, you know I can't tell you how many times I'd walk into an advisor's office and they'd say tell me what else is out there just you know something had just happened in their business or with their firm and we're seeing more and more of that. you know going back to a pandemic and, and looking at that what happened last year and a half? I think the independent advisors were the least affected, And you really saw how, you know, the independent firms had a lot of the e-signatures and they had all that stuff in place. Wirehouses didn't have anything like that in place. And the banks, the bank advisors, I think, you know, I'm I'm seeing the most activity from bank advisors right now because part of their pay, the reason why they have such a, a smaller payout is because they were sitting in branches getting referrals. They're not doing that right now, or they're just starting to get back to that. For the last year and a half, they haven't had any referrals coming. So I think that's kind of the cornerstone of people starting to, advisors starting to look and see what else is out there. You know, I think the biggest reason or obstacle that we face on this side at Elite is really the fear that advisors have. And it's fear of something new. It's a fear that not all their clients are going to come with them. It's a fear from going maybe from a W 2 to a 1099 and being very independent. What they forget to realize is as a W-2, you don't own your business as an independent in a 1099, that's when you truly own your business. And I think that this fear is just not knowing. And a lot of people think that if you I go independent, I'm buying my own pencils, my own paper clips, my own paper. Everything where there's various levels of support on the independent side. So I think it's just those types of fears that just have to be overcome. And that's just asking questions and letting them vent and then addressing those.
0: Yeah, it's so funny that right before this interview, I was on a call with a $10 million private bank advisor. Nice. And he's looking at two different firms. So he's looking at UBS. And he's looking at an independent RIA firm that we work with that will go nameless. And what you just said, we literally over the last hour went through that whole iteration. of (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. You know, the whole, I don't know what I don't know. Right. Right. And does he really want to go independent? Is it worth it? Does he understand the economics? Will his clients follow? Will his team follow? Right. Right. Is he ready to do that at this stage of his career? What's the technology about? How, how do I deal with health insurance? And like, I just came back from a trip meeting with a client because again, we provide this new service that we provide under Practice Dynamics and helping alleviate some of the stresses of what do I have to do to open my office, right? We take right. care of those things. We get them the computers. We set them all up. We go there. We plug them in, literally plug all the computers in. We help rearrange all the the offices in the right in the right way and make sure the furniture is set up the right way all of the things that i that i sort of love to do i can do do, do with our clients right. but the point was this is a very sophisticated financial advisor like highly sophisticated didn't understand a lot of the different economics between 1099 w2 all the different levers and triggers you can pull as a 1099 with s corps and taxes and all these things and you know w2 is w2 like you're limited you have guardrails to your point, also, it doesn't really matter to us which one he chooses, right? Economically, it doesn't make a difference to us. But it's about making sure that he goes in the right direction. And we, mm-hmm. as I started talking with him, because being independent as an entrepreneur, so you know, you you ran your own company, and you have a you know your own another company, and you're business owner now. If you're not ready to be an entrepreneur, maybe this is part of an d- additional message. Like, if you're not ready to be an entrepreneur and you're not ready to take on some more work because there is more work involved, mm-hmm. right? Then don't, right? right? Then just go to another another W two shop. And our strategy with this client is maybe the option is that he goes he goes there first, right? right? So maybe he goes to UBS first or some other firm, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Takes the next six, seven, eight years to prepare and learn and get his team set up to then take that next step, the sort of the lily pad approach right. to going independent and running, or what I call private practice, right? You're going to mm-hmm. private practice like a doctor or an attorney, same kind of thing. And so it is interesting where the industry is going. Right. That even the most sophisticated advisors have those thoughts going through their head.
1: The one thing that we found, too, by making all these calls is a lot of these advisors at a W2 firm are exactly where they should and need to be. They don't want to, like you just said, they for that comfort, they need to be there. And that's fine. You know, we're going to deal. And that's why we have W2 firms, we have Indie firms, RIAs, we have everything. So
0: Yeah, I, I told him that, and the more I talk with him, the more I, I get a feeling, right? And I get a gut. Mm-hmm. I did a post today about listening to your gut instinct. That stuff. And I said, listen, I, I don't know if, I know you are intrigued by the independence thing and and you acknowledge that you don't know what you don't know, but you haven't said anything to me that makes me feel like you going independent would be the right move for you right now. Right. Yeah. Even though I'm a huge proponent of independence, right? Because the economics are just that. I mean, they're there, right? There's right. It's undeniable. But for some people, it's not about, and it shouldn't be, just about the economics. Right. And so it's about stress levels and if this is going to be an easier move for him and his team and for his clients, then, then that's what he should do. I want to just go back because we sort of went out of order a little bit. And I want mm-hmm. to just cover one, one other thing because I think it's, I think it'll tell the tale a little bit about where you th- see the business going because you could have done a lot of different things when you left Lincoln, right? You could have gone someplace else. You had a high level position. You, you could have done any number of different things. But you decided to do this, right? You so you, fortunately you decided to join Elite, which was <laughs> great. So we're happy to have you. But you know, you decided to be to be a consultant, mm-hmm. you know, in this space, a recruiter for the most part, right? we don't like right. that term, but right. effectively that's what what we're doing here, right? Why did you make that choice? Besides the fact that I'm a great person and you know I have <laughs> a story. Right? Yeah, right. We all we know that. Right. But, yeah, but why so, did you decide to go this direction? Right. Yeah. Like I said
1: before, it's almost a combination of you know owning my own business like I had in the past and managing and coaching and leading a team like I did with Lincoln Financial over in the Southeast. So it's that combination of those two, because I can still work with the advisors, again, on their side of the table, help them with life decisions, you know, These are never going to be easy decisions for them because of all the fears we talked about, but we can sit there. And and again, there's too many people out there. There's plenty of recruiters out there that will get you to a certain place, drop you off and then go. Where I look at this and from the first day that you and I had a conversation, it's consulting versus recruiting. So it is sitting there with the advisor from the initial call and it doesn't stop after their place at the firm. If they have something down the road You're going to be there. So it's being that resource for them. And I just thought that the combination of what I had loved to do in the past with helping people out and coaching and owning my own business and doing those things all combined in one job, I think that's it just made it a very simple decision. And then having so many people, like you had mentioned, a couple with Kevin and Len and and Stacy and, and Scotty and Don old friends of mine and then meeting new ones like yourself and Dale and Teddy and
0: everybody else that all the other great people at elite. So it's just made it a, a very easy decision to make. Well, we are, we're definitely happy to have you. I think that Thank you. the coaching background is, is really how you're able to deliver the kind of advice. Cause it's very easy. Like you said, to just say to somebody, Oh, this is your production. This is your, this is where your assets are here. Here are three firms go talk to them. And, and you know, then we wait for our, our fee, but it's really the coaching piece that that we implement into the business and consulting, but it's coaching, right? It's, it's it you know, what are you trying to do? Even the pillars, even the, the pillar analogy that you do, I find that where I get the most enjoyment, and I think that's where you're seeing this and why you have the relationships with the clients that you have today is you're able to bring those things into the conversation. It's not just mm-hmm. about, well, what's the payout at this firm and what's right. the deal at this firm? Right. It's these other things like, you know, that they should be thinking about that we're getting them to think about. And I think that right. uh, really, I think that advisors that are working with you are, are going to be very fortunate because you, you'll you be able to bring them a different perspective on their decision-making process and the things that they have right. to do to be successful. Because mm-hmm. you are right. It's not just about picking the firm, right? right. You need to right. pick the firm then you have to execute on a bunch of different things. And if you have, if you are totally unorganized and you have, you're not disciplined and all of those things, it's going to, it's going to be very challenging. So I think they're very, I think they're very lucky to have you. I know we're lucky to have you. Thank you. I appreciate Uh, that. Yeah. I appreciate the call. So I'll give you your, your 15 second elevator pitch, (laughs) kind of, you know, if there's an advisor out there and they're listening to this and they're looking for some help and guidance, you know, why should they pick up the phone and call you? And what number do they call?
1: So I think it's everything we just talked about, you know, being able to not just be a recruiter and pass them on to a firm that's going to give them the best, the top payout. And that's the only thing they consider. We're going to go through and really, you know, it's in the name. It's, we're going to be consultants for you. I, I want to be your, somebody used the, the term, you're my concierge service with me. And I'm like, if you want to look at it that way? That's, that's great but i'm going to take you from soup to nuts and then i'm going to be there you know after your position somewhere and again that may take 6 months It may take 3 years but we're still going to be here so awesome. and if anybody wants to get a hold of me don o'fee and i are partnered up down in the southeast my number is 954-501-8217 awesome
0: awesome so, we are looking Trent, thank you to, i appreciate everything yeah to. we're looking forward to opening an office down there yes that'll be great and we can attract some great, some more talent to the team. And we're, you know, we're, we're excited. So anyway, thanks for taking the time. I know that you sort of just moved and you're in your new house. Yeah. And all that <laughs> looks, looks good. Looks yeah, nice. All the water's over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good water. You got to stay hydrated. So yeah, exactly. Uh, that's There's good. Sure. But anyway, we appreciate the time for our listeners. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this on iTunes, like, and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate it. Leave a comment, leave suggestions, and like the video also and share this with people that you might know that are looking to transition. They might want to talk to Bill about why they should work, you know, they should be working with him. They could be the right guy, the right match. So we appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Bill, thanks a lot. I'll see you next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.